And there was a guy there who had apparently Kyosho radar because he saw it immediately. He's like, <gasps> we're not the only ones who are Kyosho <laughs> yeah. radar. Yeah. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Ganotherms Connected Mega Thrusters are go. And hello, everybody. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of, you guessed it, the RC Roundtable. Joining me and I, am Fitz, is... Terry. Oh, I won again. <laughs> I was on the, the edge of my seat wondering who is he going to introduce first. So in your face. Always Lee. a bridesmaid, never a bride. Okay, and our bridesmaid today is Lee Ray. <laughs> Yay! Yay me. <laughs> nice accent, though. Is that your southern bell? I, I guess. No, that was British. What? Was it? I wasn't no. even British. It sounded English That'd be yay me. <laughs> Hey, made a cup of tea. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. Should I talk British the entire episode? I feel like, I feel like <laughs> Absolutely <a special> not. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that would be a sticky wicket. I'll try that every now and then. Hello. Well, it, that was very nice of you, Fitz. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, cheerio. <laughs> this week we have Lee's cousin from England, Reginald. <laughs> That's Reggie. <laughs> the third. <laughs> Reggie Moggs Davis the third. Uh, I uh, apologize, Sir. I've, I've taken this show off course, so please continue, Fitz. Somebody was going to. Uh, and maybe I should call him Fitzgerald. <laughs> oh, yes. It's like I have never been called that before. Fritzgerald. Like I've never been called that before. Fritz. Like I've never been called that before. All right. <laughs> okay, so uh, enough of that preamble. Let's get on with the show, huh? This uh, is a post-amble. Or just amble in the middle, I guess. Yeah, my amble. Yeah, ambling. All right, new stuff. We actually got some new stuff this week. And where do we start with? Itty bitty. Itty bitty. Yeah. All right, itty bitty. Itty bitty. A ten. Horizon just produced or announced that they have reintroduced their UMX A ten. Though this one is a little different, they've it's been upgraded. <laughs> uh, so the first thing is it's two more mm's than before. Mm. They've gone mm. from twenty-eight millimeters to thirty millimeter fans, and, uh, and one more blade. And one more. Oh, it's one more blade, really. There's one more blade. I did not see that. So from more mm's to more six, blades. Uh, All right. So they're lots of they're going up in number and size. More thrust should sound good then. More thrust, yeah, that's probably the whole thing. Uh, although I heard, you know, the, the original one flew really well. It's interesting that they've decided to tweak it some more. I uh, always heard good things about the previous version as far as flying qualities. A uh, bunch of stuff, they actually tweaked it quite a bit. Uh, apparently the, the original one was known for having a, somewhat of a weak nose. So they're saying that they beefed up the nose area of it. So, so it doesn't snap off when you look at it wrong or something like that. Uh, it's also, I think the old one was only for 2S, and they're saying this one is for 2 or 3S battery packs, and they changed the connector. They're using an IC2, which I didn't even know they had IC2s out. So I thought, that's interesting. 
Uh, I think I like that, actually, because I think before it may have had a JST connector or one of their old, really small, um, what do you call those? Uh, it was another the little white connector. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I know it wasn't an EC2. So this allows them to have telemetry, which it now has as well. So uh, it's got some fancy electronics and safe. I guess the other one did not have safe mode, so... You know, I have safe, telemetry, more rooms. Am I missing anything else? Uh, and of course, the obvious thing is they changed the paint scheme. Uh, now, I'll have to admit, uh, I don't know if I'm that much of a fan of the new paint scheme, but it's not gray. Yeah, it's a personal thing. I'm not. I never was a fan of camel plane, so it's not like it's ugly. It's just, it's just, it's me. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> Um, what else? I wonder what if this it? is the same power system as the Cessna, the oh. longitude. Citation. Is that you have that right? Is that a thirty millimeter fans? Um, I don't remember. It's around here somewhere, but it runs on a three S system, oh. so I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same. And that thing scoots. Yeah, it's a powerhouse. So imagine that's that's a good question. Imagine what they did. They took the uh, Citation fans and said, "Yeah, we can do that." So it's neat. I always like the A10, even a little tiny one like that. That's cool. Um, so you might have covered this, but is the airframe the same size? As far as I know, yes. It's purely identical. I think okay. they just tweaked the molds. Am I missing anything else? So 450 to 800 million packs. It's good to work with. Uh, All right, so what is the size again? 3S, 450 to 800? Uh, yeah. 850, okay. 2 or 3S. Yeah, we've said that before. A 3S 850 is a big battery for UMX Plane. Mm. Well, I got use two motors, a 3S 800 typically in my Citation. Yeah, and it does fine. the weight okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fine. And it um, with the bigger battery, it penetrates wind well. That's a an any weather airplane. And, uh, yeah, I've flown it in some nasty stuff, but it does fine. We saw one lead. You remember seeing when we went out to Scobie last weekend or so? There was guy had one out there, and it was pretty breezy. Really? I just remember the little jet, the little Learjet type plane. I don't remember the A-10. No, no, no. That's what I was talking about, the, the little Learjet, the Cessna. The same yeah. one Terry has. Okay, well, we, we're talking about the A-10. I didn't know Sorry, sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, Try to keep up, please. move fast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and he was texting it back, too, after he landed. Yeah, oh. it was pretty windy. Yeah. I usually fly mine without the gear. He flew with the gear. It was so tiny that you basically heard it going, where is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear something. Like, I know something. I know it's a tiny plane. I just can't see it. Right, so, Fitz, I'm assuming you do not have one in your hands at the moment. I do not, know. Okay. I'm a set puppy, but hey. Uh, I just saw the announcement yesterday or today, and I said, huh. Oh. Actually, I didn't know the old one was out of production. I thought they were still producing it, and I saw this, like, Wait, don't they already have one? And they look, oh, no. I guess they took it off the market so they can make some tweaks, I guess. Yeah, they tend to stick around for six months to a year before they pull the plug. Hmm. They wear out the mold. Terry, do you have an A-10? Uh, Let me think. Yes, I've got the 6S A-10 from E-Flight. That's right. That's when you stuck the camera on. Yeah, I almost said no. uh, (laughs) That was really nice. I'm a big fan of that one. Yes, speaking of airplanes, it scoot. Yeah, it scoots. Uh, it handles high winds very well. Um, take off of grass, very powerful, easy to fly. 
Lands surprisingly slow. I didn't think it would land as slow as it did. When you dropped the yeah, when slow. you pick that thing up, you're like, you, your first thought is not that this is really light. I'll bet it flies slowly. Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> but it does. It really slows down, especially when you drop the flaps. Yeah, I was really surprised. It's a stout little bugger. Yeah. All right, I so are these things already here? What's the deal? Pre-order. Okay. Um, I don't. Next shipment, April, so uh, not too long ago. Give me a couple yeah. months. 159. Maybe the Easter Bunny will bring you one. Yeah. Mix A10 Thunderbolt 2. Fine Fly is 3x safe. Yep. So, is that one coming pastel cast camo? Pastel. <laughs> <laughs> the Easter A10. Well, <laughs> I was. Or is it. <laughs> I was looking at this one, and that lighter beige color has kind of a pinkish hue to it. So. Maybe, maybe that's why. Could be the. Maybe just the lighting or the. Uh, white balance they use maybe yeah just my monitor who knows or maybe i'm just prone to seeing things in a pink shade I tell pink you, colored glasses yeah pink color <laughs> it's in the pink mode they tell you about the uh, old high school classmate of mine in a10s oh the the one yes he okay, worked good. on the one that you modeled yes yeah 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 small world indeed indeed so is that thing finished yet I was just looking at it <laughs> last night. It's like, I nearly need to finish this. It's close. It's really close. The paint is basically is done. Uh, I've just been working on the stores, the weapon stores, and the 3D printing, and I still need to vacuum form the nose of one of the missiles, and I think it'll be pretty much done. All right. Uh, this is a free wing? This is the free wing one. This is a big twin 80 millimeter. All right. So. Cool. All right. I guess now, speaking of big planes, we can go on to our buddy at Old School Model Works. Mark Lennerman. Mark, that's it, yes. Uh, he had an interesting announcement. It's like an email-only announcement. And well, he uh, has a he, mailing list. Anybody well, can sign up for the mailing list. That's true. I just thought it was interesting. I said, hey, this, this is not a public um, webpage yet. You have to go through from the email, of course, you know. I'm <laughs> sorry, on RC groups not how. So, anyways, uh, he has announced that he is coming out with a Captain Chaos, a <laughs> Chaos, uh, a big one too, Chaos sixty. Oh, is that the kit. original size? I think so. I think the first yeah, ones were sixty so size. Yeah. Uh, I guess this is the original Chaos. I know there's been several incarnations of the Chaos: Utter Chaos, Chaos, um, Semi Chaos. Super chaos. Uh, super chaos. Not so chaos. Mm. Uh, um, uh, so anyways, uh, it looks real nice. It uses his, I guess, his quote-unquote patented interlock system. Um, glow and electric powered. Not at the same time. Uh, why not? It I could be a hybrid. Have a hybrid. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess your Saulnier is a hybrid, right? Has an electric starter. No, yeah. that doesn't count because the starter's not. Uh, anyway. Back to the so, Yeah, so he's got some nice pictures of it. He's got some flying video, uh, both glow and electric. Um, uh, that's neat. I have the ARF Chaos, the, um, the uh, Tower Hobbies had a few years ago. And it's such a nice flying plane. It's probably my favorite non-scale plane that I have to fly. And it's, which I was surprised. I was surprised how well it flew. And it has so, a pretty thick airfoil, right? Yeah, it's got a it's got a nice thick airfoil, so it's not a speed demon, but it, it goes around a good speed. But it's just such a nice, well balanced plane. It'll knife edge the length of the field. You can do really slow 
landings on the main gear and keep the nose up as you, you know, flare. It's just an easy handling, nice flying. Whether you're doing aerobatics or just doing touch and goes, it's just an all around really nice handling, easy to fly, relaxing model to fly. It's just a really superb design. Whoever did the design, I guess it's Brady. Mm-hmm. If he did, yes, Joe Brady. He really nailed it. I guess at the time you needed something that flew well because of your vacuum tubes and your receiver and, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> rubber band escapements or whatever they were using. <laughs> it needed to be forgiving, but uh, even in the modern era, it, it is a really nice flying plane. So uh, I hope this is popular for him. Yeah, it looks good. Um, I don't know if you mentioned it, but have there been laser cut versions of the kit before? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I think other people have made kits, but they might have been yeah. die cut or something. They're all well, die cut, yeah. Because Towers had the Chaos sixty ARF, sixty two inch ARF. Yeah, that's the one Fitz was talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm sure. I don't think laser cuts. No, maybe a mini one, um, but not a full size. They're all been die cut, die crushed, whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Well, yeah, I think we'll be seeing some more Chaos soon. Chaoses. What's the plural of plural of chaos? Chaos. <laughs> Just the same thing. Yeah. Casas. Ka- <laughs> if you type in chaos sixty, hobby view comes up right on my screen right there. Oh really? Oh yeah, wow. Your, your review is right there. Twenty sixteen. Well, the algorithm guys are smiling upon me. Yeah. Well, twenty sixteen <laughs> really. Four years. And ago. this is very interesting. I, I know we're <laughs> I don't want to jump too far away, but on your video underneath it it says five key moments in this video. And it it's it's got this little timeline. It's I've never seen this before. What? You know? What is that? I I'll, I'll take a picture and send it to you and then maybe everybody else can do a search while they're watching this, but there's this little screen that says uh, five key moments, and then it's like two, two, three marks, screw the whole tail assembly onto, space, 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 from 0253, cut out the air cooling hole in the dot, dot, dot. It like pieced together sections of your build and has some text to it. So maybe someone liked your video and who works for Google and oh. <laughs> made this special take for you. I, I've never seen it, so yeah, it's coming right. up in the Google search for the Chaos 60. So. Okay, back to old school model works though. Because look at the clean lines, not the what did you call it? Crush? <laughs> Die crushed. Die, Die crushed. Because that is so true. Yeah, this yeah. is pretty. So Lee, you're the only one that hasn't built an old school model works airplane. Yeah, it's still sitting in a box with the plans rolled. I didn't un- unroll the plans. Oh you have one? For, oh, you got yeah. the um, Mamba. Mamba. The Mamba. Okay. The Mamba. Yeah. Is it Mamba or Mambo? Mamba. I can't remember. Mamba. It's Mamba. Mamba. Okay. Mamba number five all right now um pay attention to the wheels in that photo on the website are they square nope oh those are the uh silver plated dubros yeah those are um new old stock chrome plated dubro wheels oh. so those are hard to come by and oh. you guys know that I, I work with dubro a little bit and we've been talking about what it would take to reintroduce those chrome ones because a lot of people have said we really want them and mark from old schools among those people but we're really trying to figure out if it's just a very vocal minority of people and there's not much of a market for them or if it really would be a thing that people are into Hmm. so if you're listening to this and you're interested in chrome like retro dubro wheels send us a message and i will add that to the tally in the four column so. Oh, neat. Yeah, make your voices heard. 
Can it, can they also do the little wheels that when they had little spinners on them so that when you stop to keep spinning? <laughs> uh, yes. That's, uh, <laughs> coming out next month. All right. Do you want the wheels to like retract too so you can low ride that chaos down the runway? <laughs> yeah. Scraping the whole way? Right. <laughs> Spread some sparks? Have you guys seen <laughs> yeah. the RC car that does have fake hydraulics? Yeah, I did. Yeah, there's there's one out there. There's one. Yeah, it can do the the, the front end lift, or rear end, or it can do one of those weird uh, catacornered lift. Where yeah, it's... I think it can hop too. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to submit a correction real quick. It is Mambo, Mambo, M A M B O. Sorry, mm. sorry, Mark. <laughs> I don't want to say I told don't you so. Me. You were right. You were but right, I guess Terry. I don't have to. I was wrong. It has not been a great day. So, <laughs> oh, tell me about it, buddy. No, it's okay. No one, no one needs to hear my stories. <laughs> anyway, continue on. It is neat. All right, so and what do we know about availability for this one? Uh, expected to start shipping the first week of April. So two weeks away. April Fool's. <gasps> oh, no, maybe this is all a big gag. <laughs> it's an elaborate deep fake. You got us, Mark. <sighs> all right, what do we have next? Well, I think that's it for new stuff, unless you guys got something. So, interesting, both of the things we've already talked about are actually old airplanes, reincarnations of old airplanes. So I think that's going to be a recurring theme tonight. Don't you? Old things? Yeah, reincarnated old things. Reincarnated old things, what's old is new again. Yeah, something old, something new, something... (laughs) No, No, you think I should start, really? Yeah. You brought, you uh, wax so poetically about it. Why don't you start? Did I? Really? <laughs> um, we got philosophical at least. Well, that poetry is probably going to disappear because um, I'm just going to wing it here. No pun intended. So you guys know my affinity for finding airplanes on Facebook Marketplace, and I wasn't actually looking for this airplane, but I got a little pop up that said, "There's a new item you may be interested in," and it was a Cox PT19. And it was located in a town about half an hour from me. And even when I first saw it, I I didn't think much about it. I did not consider buying it. I was just like, oh, this is pretty cool. I remember that. That was my first powered model airplane. And I sent a link to you guys. And I remember saying, hey, uh, this looks pretty cool. It's nice and clean. But you know they, they know they've got a winner there because it wasn't cheap. It wasn't outrageously expensive, but it wasn't cheap. And um, that was it. I didn't think much about it until one of you responded. I forget what you said, but it just kind of put it on my radar. And I started thinking about it and thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what? I think I want to buy it. So I reached out to our buddy, Tony Accurso, and I just made sure that it wasn't a crazy price for it. And he said, yeah, it's uh, it's in the ballpark. And he gave me a offer that I should... Uh, submit to the guy which I did but then the person selling it responded pretty quickly and respectfully said no thanks um, this one's kind of special and I'm not budging on the price and so I very quickly responded to that saying okay I'll take it at your price now here's the kicker um, his response to that was well somebody else is in line and so if that falls through I'll let you know and every time I've received that message before uh, I've not gotten the deal. The other person gets it first. But lo and behold, I got a message the next day, and uh, he said, if you want it, come get it. 
And so I did. And this is, for those who don't know, it's a plastic control line 049 powered model of the Fairchild, Fairchild PT-19, a primary trainer from World War II. But I think most of us realize this model for the significance it has played in history of era modeling. Have you guys ever owned one? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> We're not to the sad part yet. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how I got my start, too. And, um, uh, in fact, I mentioned it in my uh, AMA article with my stepfather. It was the Cox PT-19. I remember it very well. Yeah, I forget how old I was. I'm guessing 10 or so. So this would be the mid-1980s. And we lived in a house... It was in the woods, but it was we were only on an acre, and so the house was in one part, and there was a driveway and kind of a clearing next to it. And the clearing was roundish, so if you counted the driveway and the clearing, it was kind of a circular area. And what are the lines on a PT-19 or half a like 30-foot lines? Yeah. So if you got that plus, the, yeah, the wingspan is 24 inches. So factor all that in. Let's say it's a <laughs> a 31-foot radius. The clearing might have had a 32-foot radius. <laughs> Close, <laughs> so we huh? marked out the center of the spot, and uh, you just kind of hedge to the other side of the middle as you go around near the trees, and I caught branches more than once. But we flew that thing in the yard and had a ball with it hmm. and got the basics of flying. And I have no idea what happened to my original one. So and it's... Yeah, somebody else's collection. Now. I wonder how much trouble you had getting the engine started and running well. You know, I don't remember all that much trouble. It had the yeah. spring start, and I don't know. Maybe we did. That's true. If you, follow, if you follow instructions, it's really not that bad, generally speaking. Yeah, if you use the right fuel mixture and yeah. all that, and you, your battery for your glow plug igniter is good, then I don't remember it ever being that much difficulty. Now, I remember the TD versions of engines we never had much luck with, but the the standard baby bees, we did all right. Hmm. So, anyway, so back to this one. Um, it had the original box, and the box is in pretty good shape, but not great shape. Um, but I got it home, and you know all the parts are on a cardboard sleeve inside. I pulled that out and I don't think any of those parts had ever been removed from that cardboard sleeve because for me to get them out, I had to crease some of the cardboard. So this thing has effectively been inside that box since 1977. Wow. And when you look at the parts, it, it looks like it's a time capsule. (laughs) The plastic parts are shiny and there's no dust on them, no blemishes. There's, even the stickers, I expected the stickers to be kind of dry-rotted or bubbled or something. It looks, I'm sure, the same as it did 40 years ago. Is, is there like literature in there that like joined a Cox Club? Yeah, like the, the warranty card and the instructions, like all that stuff is in there. And the only blemish I could find is that the vertical stabilizer, um, it was one piece with the rudder had some right thrust molded into it. It looks like maybe something was on top of the box and it, there's a little bit of a crease in the plastic there. Mm. But other than that, it, it's really, it, it traveled through time. That's amazing. You don't plan on flying it, do you? 
No. If I got my hands on one that had already been used, I wouldn't yeah. have no qualms about flying it. But this one is just too perfect, and it's been that way for too long for me to go you know, smudge it up now. Yeah. Do you have any special plans of displaying it? I'm not sure. I've still got it put together. When I got it home, I took all the parts out and I had to put it together to take pictures and just kind of uh, fawn over it. Um, So I'm not sure. I'm going to be moving from this house probably in about a year, year and change. So when I get to where I'm going, I'd like to set up special, something special to show it off. But for now, I'm just going to just try to keep it in good shape and try to keep the box in good shape and see what happens. But the handle, you know, the flying handle and the lines and the rubber bands, they were all still sealed in a plastic bag. <laughs> and so I, I haven't touched Amazing. that. That's all still sealed in there. And it also came with a starting kit. It wasn't a cock starting kit. It was a tester starting kit. And so it has a full can of fuel and a one and a half volt battery. That's some weird shape. The battery has seen better days. It's got a lot of corrosion on the terminals, but it's still there. Do you put a voltmeter on it? See if it still had any? Uh, No, I'm scared of that thing. (laughs) Uh, But that starting kit also had like a glow plug wrench and something else, and those Mm. are still sealed in a plastic bag. So uh, anyway, I'm just really tickled with it. And I knew I would have been upset with myself if I didn't make a, a, a bid at trying to buy it. So yeah. I'm really happy with how it turned out, and I'm happy to have it. And and the pictures that I posted on Facebook have been getting tremendous response. So clearly, yeah, you and I are not the only ones that have this as part of our childhood memories. Yeah, well, Let's talk about that response. It's had 10,000 views, I think. Yeah, wow. for somebody else, that's not much. But for us, that's a, quite a... An uptick in the exposure that it gets. So well, and the comments are great. And I think what I want to ask you right now is this: one that you are you have actually responded about was the rudder decal. Oh yeah, um, I'm sorry, I forget the person's name, but somebody said I have the rudder stickers. I assume it's the red and white stripes that were on the primary trainers. Right, it's 13 stripes, right? Like the flag. But. Uh, I assume that's what he's talking about, but I was not aware that PT-19s had those. Yeah. So, hmm. I, so yeah, I'm going to see if I can uh, get a hold of those. That'll I imagine that if it's anything like the um, the Cox helicopter I have, the little free flight, the stickers don't last long. They get oily and peel off pretty quickly. Yeah, once you start flying it, I'm sure. Yeah. That's what I think I mentioned before. One of the really neat things about this, the... The roundels, like, what do you call the early insignias with the red dot in the middle? They're not stars and bars because there's no bars, but the U.S. insignia that's on the wings, it's perfect. I mean, there's no bubbles. There's no peeling. It's just two perfect stickers on there. So it's. Uh, I hope it stays that way now that it's out of the box. But, uh, yeah, it's all uh, – it's just a little masterpiece and of course, Tony knows the history of all these things, and it's neat if you turn it upside down. There's a, a, a date stamp from when it was manufactured, mm. and this was May something, 1977. 
And Tony's like, oh, well, this version is considered the best version. It's got the chrome hubcaps and yada, yada, yada. He knows you know, all the different variants that they made through the years. And Yeah, I understand they had different colors, too. Yeah, he said, oh, the pilots have orange suits and this one. And everything he said is exactly right. <laughs> and, and this one, it uses a pusher propeller or a reverse rotation propeller. So really? if you're sitting in the cockpit, it turns uh, clockwise. No, counterclockwise, excuse me. And which makes sense for a control on airplane because then the torque of the engine you know, pushes you to the outside. Yeah. But, uh, hmm. Yeah. So, oh, another thing I almost forgot. So the person that I bought this from, not a modeler, um, but he he told me he had to tell me the story about the the genesis of this model. So his father was a pilot in World War II. And when he came home from the war, he bought a surplus PT-19 from the government. And so he had a barn out back. And by the way, half an hour outside of Buffalo is farmland. It's, it's not urban at all. It is suburban. So anyway, that's where he lives now. And I, I take it that's where his father lived at the time. Had a barn with a grass strip next to it. Kept the PT-19 in the barn and went out and took joy rides. So at some point late in the 1940s, his father met this young woman who lived on the south side of Buffalo, and he asked her out on a date. She said yes, and for the first date, he took her for a ride in the PT-19. <laughs> I wish my first dates were that awesome. Yeah. Oh, first date. <laughs> hey, baby, let me show you my PT-19. <laughs> so as... I'm probably going to screw up part of this story, but as it was told to me, what I remember is that he asked her if she wanted to fly over her house to see her house on you know, the south side of Buffalo. And so they, she said yes. They headed to that part of town, which I'm sure was a quick flight, maybe 15 minutes. And it just so happened that her parents were outside on their porch or balcony as they flew over. So, as, so that they would see her and know that it was her he flew inverted over her parents house while she screamed and yelled <laughs> what, apparently was she not seat belted in oh, i'm sure she was yeah she <laughs> she made it back to the the airport so what i'm told is that her parents were none too tickled with that stunt and so it took a while for for them to warm up to their relationship so, and they eventually uh, got married. That woman was his mother. And then he bought this Cox PT-19 some years down the road, apparently in 1977, um, because he he had fond memories of that PT-19, which he subsequently had sold. But he couldn't bring himself to ever fly it because uh, the model was too much of a memory for him. And so that's why it sat in their attic for, was it 45 years now? It'll be 45 years in a couple months. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a neat little personal story to go with this particular PT-19. And one thing that I've found interesting from our Facebook post is there are not only a lot of people that still have them, but a lot of people that still have them, they say uh, in mint condition or new in box. So... I'm curious, A, how many were made to begin with, and I think they were produced over a long time span. Yeah. Tony might know this stuff, so we should ask him. Um, 
but also how many are still around. And I think that's probably a harder number to pin down, but it had to be tens of thousands because they weren't just hobby shop items, right? You could buy them at toy stores back then, back when they would sell flammable liquids oh, and yeah, things that would chop off your fingers. And <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. That's how we lived and we liked it. When men were men. Yeah, Shoot, try out, kid. The little boys burn their eyebrows off like uh, with pride. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Like Sears and, and whatnot sold those things. KB Toys, did you guys have those? And oh, Toys yeah, R Us? Yeah. Toys R Us, KB Toys, Sears, what, what else am I thinking? Uh, you remember Service Merchandise? I know it's probably oh, more yeah. a regional yeah. thing. Yeah. So Anyway, so that was my big purchase of the week and i'm tickled with it and <sighs> i don't know what to say now you can <laughs> now you can tear up little lee it has definitely been a positive experience for you so I'm, I'm glad you were able to purchase it i think i was balking at the 200 because if i got one i'd like to fly it and this is a hands-off put it in a display case you know have a, write a little story about it you know and and you know, you'll never see that again. And I've got to cut, like, I will say, although I didn't spend $200, I still have a new inbox Kyosho Cessna Cardinal that mm-hmm. I'm holding on to. And maybe my kids get it and they'll have the joy of building it, you know, and flying it. But right. that is neat. And yes, I am jealous. And hopefully someday I'll get one. And <laughs> I was actually going to talk to Fitz and say, have you known anybody to 3D print a PT-19? You know, we might have talked about this before, but one thing I want to do is make an RC version of a PT-19 that looks not like a full-scale PT-19, but emulates a Cox PT-19. Uh, you know, I think our friend um, uh, Tom Blinkney did that. Oh, really? I think he mentioned that he did something like that. So at 200% scale, I think that would be a neat airplane. That'd be like 46, 47-inch wingspan. Yeah. Get a fake 049 up there. <laughs> yes, so you could 3D they, print. You have to make it look like plastic or make it out of plastic. Watch yeah. out for that spring. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's held uh, together by rubber bands. R- yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or at least the appearance. <laughs> one, one, one rubber band. <laughs> Just one big heavy duty rubber band. Yeah. Steel belted. <laughs> so hmm. I was about to say something else and then I forgot. Yeah, but it would be neat to try to fly, if, find an old one that's been used and abused and fly it just to Yeah, yeah, if I well find one that, that's not a gem, I would, I would enjoy flying yeah. it. Although I can say the last time I tried flying half a control line, I did get dizzy. <laughs> that was probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. Our buddy yeah. Don had brought one out to the JSC flying field. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so. I had yeah, fun, this, but I had to sit down for a minute. They have small lines, so that happens. Oh, wait, didn't we fly some at the AMA Expo? They had the electric ones in there? I didn't. In did the you? cage? I th- can't remember. I know I wanted to. I think I did. Okay, I no, didn't. Maybe I not it. the year we were there. I think maybe you and Thayer. Uh, maybe it was with Thayer. Thayer yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You saw my video on the uh, the combat, control line combat guys? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did oh, see yes. that. Yeah, it wasn't that exciting because they had like a really early cut and one guy had a bulky engine, but... Uh, Still, was neat to see that. Yeah. PT nineteen combat. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Slow combat. Followed by crying as a crying loser. <laughs> Not my PT nineteen. 
Well, we're happy for you, Terry. That's a great find, and it was such a great condition. The pictures are good, too. Really nice, yeah. nice photos. Uh, that's stuff on my iPhone. I've just got my little uh, backdrop set up down in the shop, so I threw it on there and flipped on the lights and took a couple quick photos. Mm. But thank you. And, and this is what I was going to say. I remember now. So when I was talking about it, I didn't say what I paid for it, but you let the cat out of the bag, Lee. Um, oh, damn. So is Fitz going to have to beep it? No, I'm, <laughs> I don't mind. I'm not embarrassed by it. But, yeah, I got it for $200, which, for me, you guys know that I am cheap when it comes to airplanes. And there's oh, a few reasons yeah. behind that. But, yeah, I, when I buy an airplane, I, I have to feel like I'm getting a great deal. Um, so that's more than I've spent on an airplane in a long time. And it took a while for that to really germinate in my head that that was actually a good price for what this was. But once that took hold, that, that was it. I was comfortable with it. So... I think I, Tony's to blame, right? Isn't Tony the one that kind of confirmed that, go, buy it? Well, he was a little voice in your ear. No, he, he didn't pressure me, but he let me know that you know, it was in the right ballpark. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to buy a, a Rembrandt or anything. Yeah, it was roughly market prices. Yeah, and I would trust his opinion on that stuff. So, yeah, I felt comfortable that you know, I was, it's not an investment by any stretch. I don't plan to sell this so uh, well if if we want to offer a perspective here there there was one on ebay that was a 1960 version that went for sale for 530 bucks so was it in the same condition a new in box okay yeah i can see that yeah so i would say you'd i look i'm not saying you didn't get a good deal i i think you did and yeah. it, it means more to you because that was your first power plane, et cetera. I feel yeah. that way about this, the pretty hobby trainer 40 that I have, because it was the first plane my dad and I built it was, you know, I liked converting it. My first electric plane is in a trash pile somewhere. <laughs> you know, so there's, there's no love for that one, right. but you know, I can, I can definitely see it, it was worth a lot to you to get it. Yeah. And it's funny because when I went to pick it up from the guy, he was kind of feeling me out on it because I think he didn't want to sell it to someone who was going to fly it. And so he wanted to make sure that I understood its historical value and that I was going to appreciate it for what it was. And so he was just kind of nonchalantly, oh, so you think you're going to fly this thing? And I'm like, oh, no, no, I can't fly it now. It's too pretty. (laughs) What does PT stand for? (laughs) 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 What's the wingspan of a normal (laughs) Well, and you know what? He did. He got the right guy. Well, thank you. I I like to think so, too. And at the same time, as we had this conversation, uh, he brought up, uh, I think my dad had some RC stuff um, that he also put away and never touched. So after the fact, just a day or two ago, he emailed me with information he found a carl goldberg anniversary cub kit that has never been out of the box i mean everything's still perfectly uh, arranged in there so he's uh, looking for some input on what the going price for that is these days he thinks there's a radio and an engine and i told him like unless it's some really <laughs> rare radio you're you know it's, you're going to get scrap value for that at best but I think that Goldberg kit probably has some value in today's market. Yeah, yeah. Kits are generally going for pretty good prices. Yeah. Well, I say this tongue-in-cheek. We've been talking about how balsa prices have been climbing, and, you know, it's difficult to guy, uh, obtain. It's like the like pennies. They're they're worth more for the materials than they are the value of the penny itself. So <laughs> a box of balsa these days is way more appealing than it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> 
cap strips. Woohoo! <laughs> So, anyway, that's the story of my PT-19. Golf clap. Yay. Nice stroll through memory lane there. Yep, indeed. You know, on that vein, uh, just to jump off, that um, I, I mentioned the article I did for the Marley Aviation, and I just wanted to mention that. That, I've got the most responses ever from that article that I've ever had for anything I've ever written on there. Yeah. When you mentioned it, I predicted that you're going to hit a lot of people in the fields and you're going to get a lot of response. Yeah, so. yeah just just like you, you the, the nostalgia. A lot of people <laughs> a lot of people had a lot of feels apparently from that. And I got a lot of really nice comments from guys. Uh, even to the point one guy says, hey, I've got a bunch of 049s. Are you interested in them? Huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I now have a <laughs> half a dozen O four nines sitting on my workbench. Oh, nice! Were they donated? Um, do I or have nearly to say? so. Uh, nearly okay. so. Just yes. say yes. Okay. Just say yes. Make the story sound better for goodness' sake. <laughs> he Come was on, he was extremely generous. <laughs> okay, well that's great. And so, you know, speaking of high production, I mean, literally millions of those Cox O four nines were oh, made. Tens of millions. Yeah, so that's the good part. As rare as they may seem, there's still lots of them lurking out there in, in junk drawers and you know, yeah. old uh, toolboxes. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, yeah, I just happened, I looked in an old drawer, and there they were. They haven't been run for 30 years, um, but uh, they, they were in decent condition. Here's some spare parts and stuff. And In fact, I, I got one running yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, I was kind of, milling around the workshop, kind of cleaning up and organizing, like, you know, I need to, I have this nice little, I have an 049 in, uh, metal machine motor mount that I picked up some time ago. Oh, I saw that. That looks really cool. Yeah, from what's his name up in um, uh, Cox Canada? International? Bernie? Was Bernie, that that's it. Yeah, Bernie. Uh, and I've had it for a while, and it's really nice. And so I said, yeah, let me hook this up and want to get one of these engines running. Actually, I plan on running a bunch of them and tacking them. And I pulled up my tack, and the tachometer was on. Whoopsie. And so, so I had left it on, apparently, from the last time I used it, from like a month ago, maybe. And it uses these weird batteries, so I had no extra batteries that I could find, so I had to order some new batteries for it. So I was like, ah, dang it. So I just ran one just to see if it run, and it, 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 it's cranked right up, uh, but I couldn't get it restarted after it ran out the tank, and I guess the glow head just died, because um, I used the original glow head, but I had an extra glow head. And it cranked right up when I replaced the glow head. Which was nice, as though I got a couple, a pair that are the same, because I'm really itching to build a twin. And I didn't have, apparently, any of the, my 049s were exactly the same. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, had, I, have, a, I have a motley crew of them, but uh, now I actually have some that are the same. If they run uh, close enough to the same performance. Well, I don't want to take us too far down this tangent, mm-hmm. but where you talked about how there's lots of old stock still out there, mm. but Bernie and Cox International do make new parts. So what are the new things being made? Uh, he's, a couple I picked up. He's made new tanks for, I think, the baby bees. He's Oh, he just now said he's making new back plates. A lot of the, uh, like the golden bees and baby bees had plastic back plates, and those, those would break. Even the metal ones could break, too, if you hit something hard enough. So he had now said he's making re- new ones out of CNC machine aluminum. And he's got new tanks for like a, the O20, the TD O20s. I think the O10s as well. Oh, my goodness. 
Yeah, I actually picked up one. Really, really nice. Um, what else? He had bodies as well, made out of metal. Are the reed valves tough to come by? No, that was actually really, usually pretty easy. Oh, our actual valve, the reed? Yeah. Itself? Uh, I think he has some. A lot of people make their own. You can use um, some... some the cocks use either plastic or I think like a copper, a metal, some sort of metal material, depending on the era. And one thing I've heard is old floppy disks make good reed valves. <laughs> Take an old floppy disk and cut it up. <laughs> uh, that's funny because you can make uh, hinges for small airplanes out of that stuff too. Ah, yeah, so there you go. You can discover eBay. I never actually had to replace a reed valve. They're, they're generally pretty durable. Just clean them up really well and they... I never had one tear or anything. I don't recall ever needing it to buy a new one. Hmm. All right. Uh, so, yeah, he's got some odds and ends. Um, it, it, if you go on a website, uh, I remember Remember, he said that the, the cylinders and pistons were really difficult because the machining was just cost prohibitive. Uh, yeah. Those were highly refined hunks of metal. Yeah, they were, yes. Um... But anyway, well, did you see the pictures? I think uh, we've, we've talked about Tony. A, a Brodak apparently is making glow heads. Um, I don't think that was Brodak. Oh, no, it was not Brodak. I'm sorry. You're right. It was... Um, Model Engine Corp? See, Mokoa. Yes, Mokoa. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. Apologize. Sorry, Mokoa. Sorry, I flubbed that. Yeah, <laughs> Mokoa has... has uh, he had like this whole, this whole sheet of just Cox glow heads, all pristine and shiny and sparkly and... And such, so I thought that was interesting. He's making new ones, so so it looks like Engine Company of America, Macaulay.com. So I was was wondering if Tony like just threw his hands and there was like just rummaging through all the (laughs) heads and like Scrooge McDuck or something, just swimming in it, yeah, just shaking a little. (laughs) So, so I guess it's interesting. There's enough diehard people still flying these things to you make it marketable for a few cottage companies, Yep, yep, yep. Anyways, all right, what do we got next? Not at the, we've got the fields from Terry. All right, well, you guys have new stuff too, so do your show and tell, or just tell. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess uh, the big thing, to, if we're going to talk old stuff, is what I found at the swap meet. Well, actually, it's interesting because I got it at the swap meet, but it was from somebody I knew, and I didn't know he had it. Ooh. Uh, so... <laughs> don't give this to Fitz. <laughs> well, we were talking. He says, hey, we got to swap me. He's like, yeah, I'm going to sell a couple things. And, oh, I found this. Or, um, do you want me to send you a picture of it? I'm like, yeah, what, what do you got? And he showed me the picture. And I think, <laughs> <laughs> Do not put that in your car. Dude, where'd you get that? And <laughs> You never told me you had that. So, And, of course, that was, I saw you guys saw the picture. For people listening, yeah. they're like, okay, what is it? It was it's a it's a Kyosho F sixteen EDF one of the the rest old. of the world is ew that's old yeah this is old yeah because this has a brushed motor on it this was old 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 their um I forgot what that motor was called the L was it the L thirty nine L something AP twenty nine AP twenty nine that's it I'm thinking L thirty nine but AP twenty they had a few different versions but yeah yeah so this was uh, you know just new in a box. Nice. Uh, with the fan? With the fan and motor. Ooh. Yeah, I was just looking at it. Because he, he, at first he thought he didn't have the motor and fan, but he said, no, it does. So, yeah. Now, a funny story is since I met him at the swap meet, so he can hand it over to me, 
And there was a guy there who had apparently Kyosho radar because he saw it immediately. He's like, <gasps> we're not the only ones who are Kyosho <laughs> yeah. radar. Yeah, <laughs> he got to kill your radar because he was like, <laughs> he was instantly he's like, oh, you want for that? It's like and the guy was like, no, 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 it's already for for me. You know, already given somebody. He goes, and then that guy proceeded to howl me for half the day about selling it. <laughs> <laughs> nice score. Did you get a good deal on it? I got a very good deal on it. Ah, oh, that makes me happy. Yes. So yes. <laughs> so you could have flipped it if you wanted to. I could have, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm we're not like that. No, we're not like that. All right. So here's your challenge: fly it old school style, and then upgrade it and make comparisons. Now, how do you just like you're going to do with your flash? Yeah, uh, I, I'd fly it with a brush motor, but I don't know if I'd use Nikads. Are, are you really? Are you saying to even fly with the old batteries? Well, not original ones, but I mean, no, ones. not original batteries, but with equivalent round cells or whatever. Use equivalent voltage lipos. That would be like a two S, right? Yeah, and then just weigh it down to the same weight. I'll give you. That. <laughs> What's the point of that? <laughs> You're emulating what the performance would have been. Um, I wonder how many batteries it used. What did it use? It was probably a seven cell NiCad. Oh, I should mention that I got some. I picked. I got a six cell and seven cell nickel metal hydride round cell pack at the swap meet no 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 i, I just bought them new from uh, okay. horizon had some uh i got one for because that uh rc car the um wild willy yeah it's the only thing that would fit the way the battery pack orifice is designed it only only round cells will fit oh yeah and it, the a lot of those you even had to use hump packs uh no not a hump pack yeah i know what you mean some of them were designed for hump packs i think like uh yeah. Uh, I don't know the, the, the Hornet or something, but no, this one it slides in, and so it's sort of a, a oval orifice, and so you're really limited. Even that was tight, so either you use a really small lithium pack or you use a regular, like a metal hydride. But but I don't want to use a lithium because that that car has specific balance, CG, mm-hmm. you know, because right. it does wheelies and stuff. So I wanted to make sure I got that right. Uh, but it's the same batteries I'll use in the flash, so it's not a big deal. Right. But it is amazing to have a 5,000 milliamp hour nickel metal hydride <laughs> battery yep. pack. Yep. <laughs> that that nobody been science- cares about because lipos are here now. Yeah. I mean, nobody cares about it now, but, but that would have been science fiction, you know, 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah, uh, I remember when I was racing off-road 10th scale, we used uh, 1,200 milliamp hour subsies. Yeah, 1,200 was the standards. Yeah. Uh, I remember 2,400s were the thing before I got, before lithium suddenly took over, but... Uh, now, you know, you still get a really long run time. I, I charge it up and run the thing for 20 minutes. Just, just drive bored. around. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing, and it's not anything fancy. Uh, and by the way, the name of this show is going to be Oval Orifice. You can't talk me out of it. Oval Orifice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I have an 8-cell pack, so I guess maybe I'll throw that in F-16, see if that'll fly it. I mean, that's going to be hairy. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you have uh, concerns that it's actually going to make it through, then... That's okay. Well, it's designed for that, so maybe that or bungee launch it or something. Right. Anyways, so yeah, that was a nice score. Uh, you saw—I don't know if you saw some of the pictures. There was a uh, some some couple of small kits that were kind of nice, but. I, I, well, where were you? Oh, I was at the Texas City Rail Control Club here in South Houston. It was a joint thing because normally our club, the Johnson Space Center Club, has its own swap meet, but since we have issues not only with our club being closed down temporarily, but finding venues, we decided to have a joint one with their club since they've been so nice to us. Hmm. 
Uh, and so we had a pretty decent turnout. Lots of neat stuff showed up. Some guy had a really nice Freewing F4 Phantom that he was selling. Yeah. Um, some odds and kits. Guy had a huge Tiger Cat fiberglass fuselage. I don't know who made it, but it was big and it's pretty like. Nice oh, I remember seeing the pictures. It was all broken down. Yeah, it was broken down. You know, for some reason, never yeah. put it together. Um, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, a couple of nice twins. It was just nice eyes and things. I picked up a speed controller as well. But other than that, I didn't really buy anything. Uh, all right. Sold off a couple of small planes I had. Tried to cut some space. Good, good. Did anybody fly? I couldn't tell if the weather was good. Uh, it was a little breezy. Uh, they couldn't fly in the morning because it was uh, they had to close the field down. But supposedly they was flying in the afternoon. Huh. Um, our club president Mike was all upset because he brought out his nice big P forty seven to fly and forgot the wings at home. See, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so he says I thought worth going home and back. So, uh, so he flew a kite instead. <laughs> all right. So is that it? Is that all your uh, show and tell? I guess so. Lee, you got something? Okay. Oh, yeah, Lee's here. I haven't heard his voice in forever. It's because you guys are just flapping your lips. You just got to wedge yourself in there. Coyote show stuff. <laughs> I'm laughing in the background. I'm offering you some claps. All right, thank you. All right, now tell us the story. Take us back. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just jump to uh, acquisitions in the past week. And my recent acquisition, y'all have already seen the photo, but it's a box. It's made long ago. It's a box of balsa made by a company called, I don't know, have you ever heard of this company called Top Flight? (laughs) My grandpa used to talk about them. Top Flight. Uh, The story is I was invited over to a friend from our, our Boy Scout troop house and uh, we're just chatting about Austin's Eagle Scout. He needs to get that done ASAP. And we're just hammering away. And I don't remember what I was chatting about. I, oh, I, I think Austin was talking about his Eagle Scout would be uh, working with Lone Star Flight Museum. And then he started talking about the uh, Dynam Grand Cruiser that he's building. And <laughs> my friend goes, you know, yeah, I bought one of these uh Corsair kits I wanted to build and fly this RC kit man I just I just never got around to it and of course my eyes just bugged out I could see Cindy across the room going uh oh like, we are you know? never leaving here are we <laughs> you're like yeah but the, I got this Corsair plane thing that I hadn't finished I was like I've never known that. he's the car guy and I had no idea he had a plane. I said, I'd love to see it. He goes, hey, yeah, let's go. So we went up to this uh, attic. He's got, he's got a walk-in attic upstairs. And on the wall is a Top Flight Corsair 60-size kit, gold edition. And he hands wow. it to me and says, here, you can have it. I'm never going to build it. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> no kidding. And now, full disclosure, uh, we're good friends. <laughs> I'm going to definitely co- uh, compensate him. However... He said, well, I started working on it. I never finished. And then I opened the box and there is just mayhem in there. <laughs> and I don't see the cowl. <laughs> so I'm like, I kind of wonder if he had this on a table. He just rolled things up and like, oh, I'll get to that later. I'll put it back in the box. I'll fit whatever can fit back in the box. <laughs> so at least I have the plans and the instruction book. But, you know, like sometimes people put all their knives and glue in there. And of course, right. that doesn't make room for the stuff that was supposed to go in the box. <laughs> But I do have a top flight, you know, Corsair. And, then, you know, the cool part was I showed him photos of Wilson 
because I have a top flight Corsair 60. That was the ARF, but it's the same plane. And he thought that was cool. And I told him if I built and finished this Corsair, I'd call it Crazy Lou. Because <laughs> that's his nickname. So, Crazy Lou. But it was a nice it was a nice gift and it's it looked like it had been on the, that shelf in the attic for some time. Wow. As as other kids, you know, we have seen come and go at so this, auctions and estate sales. This was gonna be his first RC airplane? <laughs> yes. Oh, you saved that airplane. I you did him a favor. <laughs> I was well, of course, I mean he, he got stalled because he was getting you know, I don't think he like I was teasing Austin about it. And I couldn't, I can't remember. It was like, uh, you know, he, he bought a 11th grade plane. He's a second grader, you know, builder. Right. So he's, yeah, he, uh, he didn't have the skills needed to, to work on this thing. So I don't even know what he started. I just looked, I opened it. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. I see some wooden air and I see some planes and I closed the box back up. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there's a big stain on the bottom one corner. So who knows what has leaked and spilt out. If it's Ambroid, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> you know? So what size is this? 60. Um, Do you know the kit number? No, I don't. Gold edition 60 size? It's a gold edition. I see two versions of the same kit. You know, they, I I think this is uh, an older one, if I were to guess. So, okay. Well, fiberglass specialties will sell you a fiberglass cowling for that kit. And I, I think I've worked with them before because I made a custom cowl for Wilson. Okay. Remember? Yeah. yeah so. Well, this one, they've got stuff made for certain kits, and it looks like they have most, if not all, of the 60 size top flights. I understand. I'm saying, do you remember, though? I bought another cowl. Okay. I, I, I oh, because you my, had to extend it. Yeah. So I kept my stock cowl. I bought another fiberglass cowl, and that's the one that I cut. Well, actually, I, I gave the plans to uh, Sparky, and mm-hmm. he cut and extended it, and it was it works great. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I, I may get to it. I'm not, it's not on my workbench at all. I might go through it just to cross my fingers and hope to find the cowl and, and all the pieces. But uh, it's, it's just nice to have in the collection because I do, do like the Corsair. Now it's a heated battle between, you know, P-38s and Corsairs in my workshop. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Corsairs are starting to come back up. Because <laughs> yeah. I think the one on the wall should count. <laughs> I think so too. Because <laughs> I don't have a P thirty eight wall art that big. Well, I take that back. I'm looking at two of them right now in my in my office. Well, so okay. So that was my uh, that was my uh, purchase. Well, I, I say purchase my gift, but I will certainly treat him to a steak or two. Right. You know, and th- I think that's an interesting story because it's one that I've experienced a few times that people who aren't necessarily lifers or not necessarily into RC planes, either themselves or a dad or a brother or somebody, got a wild hair one day, went to the hobby shop and bought some kit and either never started it or never finished it. And they want to give it to me or sell it to me or something. So it kind of goes back to what I was asking with the PT-19. How much of this stuff is just sitting out there just waiting to be discovered? Just barn finds, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> basement yeah. finds, attic finds. Yeah. <laughs> and and just because somebody doesn't have experience building does not mean they're not going to do a good job. Some people just have a knack for it. And I've looked over kits. I think my friend Mark was a good example of that. Uh, I looked over the first kit he built, and you would not know that he had not built anything before. He he's just has natural craftsmanship. Even the covering, stuff that's typically challenging for some people was all good. So I think 
Some people are just born knowing how to do that stuff. Well, it's like Mike McCormick in his early P38. Yeah, you know, he yeah. he's uh, you know woodworker engineer or you know for other stuff I think in the Navy is that correct if I'm if I recall correctly but he he built a beautiful plane so you're right yeah. I'm I'm not dissing that but you you know you pointed it out he, I saved that plane because that he tried to build that I don't think that's the first plane you should learn to fly oh, oh yeah for sure regardless of how well it's built it it was not going to last long in the air and the counter to all that is there's people who have been flying for decades who build <laughs> horribly. <laughs> misshapen airplanes i think i fall somewhere in the middle but anyway it would be interesting to take an inventory of all the, the dusty airplane kits lying in attics and basements and under beds well sometimes you you know every now and then in rc groups or on facebook i see someone say yeah here's a here's a you know small collection of the kits i'm you know working on and they've got like 50 (laughs) vintage (laughs) classic you know kits just sitting there and people are like how much for that one i need that (laughs) quick thousands of dollars uh, purchase and uh, you know i'm thinking back uh, now that i finished the t33 um dave graben's collection of kits in his closet was amazing i would love to god that'd be a neat follow-up to just see who bought those and if they if they finished them because he had a huge variety of model airplanes in that yeah everything from old free flight rubber band stuff to large-scale stuff so oh and this is a perfect segue because we're talking about old airplanes we're talking about kyosho airplanes we're talking about the dave graben estate so update us on that lee huh you flew the T-33. Yes, I, oh, I thought I'd... Oh, that's because... I'm sorry. I was thinking of our show and I showed it. I just completely forgot I haven't followed up on it. Yeah, I think I, had... post, I posted a photo on Facebook, but you're right. We haven't announced it on the show. Uh, flew great! <laughs> <laughs> it flies... It's much easier when someone else throws it, though. I mean, I can... The hand-tossing the Cessna 337, the 3D printed one, was actually way easier than me trying to solo launch the, the T-33. I was like two inches from, from the ground when I finally started. Remember that flight of the P-51, that Tower Hobbies P-51? The yes. four-cell? <laughs> that, yeah. kind of, that was something like that. But, well, do, do, you, do you overhand or underhand it? I overhand it. Oh, I have to. It's huge. It's, you know, it's got a huge wingspan. Uh, but for getting the launch, the plane flies great. I, I have greatly improved the whole uh, wanting to climb when you add more power. It's, it's, it's you know, much better to, to, to manage. Well, did uh, you talk about that before? Yeah, I talked about how poorly it was designed. I think even yeah. if, if it wasn't in the live video before, it's been mentioned in the past about how whoever installed that EDF, and it's not stock, uh, it was butchered in there and shimmed with, you know, balsa strips and silicon. So, uh, yeah, it flew great. I was very happy with it. I do have a, a short video that was on Facebook. The, uh, you know, my friend who was there trying to videotape was not used to my camera. So, you know, it would be gone by the time he's like, where did it go? <laughs> <laughs> but it, oh, it's such a wonderful plane to fly. The one glitch I have, and I don't know if you want to talk about it, and I think I mentioned it to you guys, is that uh, during a couple of passes, it didn't happen often, usually uh, downwind, the uh, motor would just blip on me. It would be running at about half throttle or so, and then it would just stop for about half a second and then come right back on. And I didn't feel any loss of control, so I don't know if it was ESC or receiver related, but it happened twice, so it is kind of on the back of my mind. I will, 
<laughs> the good news is this thing glides so well that if it did, you know, blip and the engine died, I probably could just land anywhere. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally a, a, a glider. Right. Uh, but I need to, I need to fix that and pray it's not the ESC because that sucker is way molded into the side of the fuselage after I sealed it all up. Right. So, uh, but uh, if it's receiver, then I'll, I'll change that out. Maybe that's it. Um, and it was always, it seemed to be in one area of our field. Gosh, you know, I don't know. Uh, let's just see if I can figure it out. But otherwise, it uh, it was nice. And uh, one other improvement I need to make is <laughs> I didn't even think about adding uh, vent holes for the battery in the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, but the battery was pretty warm. I've I've run it before, and it's still, the, the motor and the ESC are within you know limits but the battery was quite warm so i need to figure out how to add a little hole underneath the, the nose i guess to push some air in there and that's it i'm, I'm very happy with it very right. very happy with what it. what size battery are you using in it oh uh, that's just a 3s 2200 oh, okay yeah have you weighed yours i take that back i upgraded to my 3s 3000 uh oh my gosh z z pack oh my gosh what is it do, do, do. I guess it's just Z, Z lipos. Yeah, the Z E E E. I was like, it's not Z. <laughs> <laughs> That's so the I, brand name. Yeah, Z Z Z. Yeah, <laughs> and it's interesting. We, there was someone started threading. You know, I was surprised. He just said, "Hey, has anybody used these batteries?" And and just like 50, 60 people had responded, and all of them were positive. Mine's very positive. I've had a lot of luck with these uh, Amazon brand. I say Amazon. They're on Amazon. Uh, but yeah, it was just a little warm, and I will I'll make some improvements. But overall, great uh, from you know Rise of the Phoenix type aircraft. Yeah, that's great. Have I know you, you had uh, a lot of teething troubles with it. That's great to hear. You finally got it sorted out. <laughs> once you once you straighten the tail, <laughs> <laughs> it does tend to fly better. <laughs> so you should create a bungee. And that would be nostalgic, because I think a lot of people bungee launched these back in yeah. 1993, or whenever they made them. Um, and then Fitz can borrow it for his F-16. Yeah, oh, there you go. All right. Do I either of you have a bungee system? I I had one for the Evader. Yeah. I think I used it once. I don't, I don't know, if, know if I still have it. It might not be thick enough for the yeah. T33. I had one for a while, but I, I didn't use it for so long. The rubber just rotted out. Yeah. yeah. So I need to find some surgical tubing. Yep. If I put a hook on it, I could use a bungee launch. Yeah. <laughs> really get that T33 up there. <laughs> hey, hey, Lee, you want a launch rail? I actually have one of those, those foot pedal launch things, which you hook a oh, bungee yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that is your mission. You're going to bungee launch these things. Okay. You're going to need that anyway if you do the old school power system on the F-16. That's true, yeah. So, you ever have a bungee launch go bad? Me? Either one of you. <laughs> a long time ago as a young lad, <laughs> no, I, I, had a, no. I had a short bungee launch go bad and it nailed me right in the you-know-hoo-hoo. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, so just that's what inside happened. and ate some ice cream for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Put a bag of peas on. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ate the ice cream, or you just rubbed it in certain strategic locations? <laughs> no, I didn't go there. I just, just just imagine having a big gallon of ice cream sitting in your lap while you're watching cartoons. So, <laughs> um, did the steak come out of the ground? Is that what happened? Yep. The steak I, that's out. why you put a parachute on the steak. Oh, I didn't do that. <laughs> 
So I did, bet you did after that. <laughs> did you see the video I posted on my uh, Facebook page some time ago? Uh, not that long ago, but maybe a month ago or so. It would be Bungie launching a Kyosho uh, glow ducted fan, the little saber they had. That's negative. You didn't see that? Oh, it's, it's up there. Um, I remember you talking about it, maybe. Yeah, Raymond was going through some old videos and he found it. He, he found the footage of him flying that old uh, Kyosho. It had like an OS 15, I think, with a pole start. And um, I, I was there at the, we were at a jet flying somewhere in, in North uh, Texas. And so I was bungee launching it for him. I, was, I you know, pulled it back and when he gave the signal, I let it go. And uh, that was the only way it actually flew okay because that plane was known for not being a very good plane to fly. But uh, what he did is he took the landing gear off to lighten it up and to clean it up. And he ran it on like 30% helicopter fuel, I think is what he told me. And uh, so this thing was screaming his life out. And we bungee launched it and it flew okay. He could do mild airbags with it. Now that's a different airframe than yours, right? Yeah, this is the F 86 Sabre. Oh, right. Okay. But they made a gas. Uh, F-16, too, didn't Did they? I think so. I don't remember that. Like a pull start or something? Oh, man. Maybe I'm cool. making all that up. Uh, I only remember it's the Sabre. So maybe they did. I just okay. don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Well, did you ever have any models that you had to bungee launch? Me? Either one of you. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, probably your old F-18, right? Uh, yes, I had an old H, H-E-T, F-18, I think it was H-E-T, yeah. um, that was bungee launched. I also had a, the, my Piranha. Oh, right, I remember that. Uh, which is the one, Lee, you remember that one, it's the one we were radaring to see how it compared to your Evader, I think? Yeah, yeah, we both were about 112, right? Yeah, and that one was bungee yeah. launched. I think I tried hand launching it once and that didn't end well, so it was... <laughs> <laughs> The thing has like no wings, really thin wings on the thing. It was, uh, I still have it and I never painted it. I need to dig it out, see if I can resuscitate it. Some modern equipment. Um, uh, what else can I, th- I think that's a budget launch. That was the, the main two ones, the F-18 and the Piranha. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, I had a hand launch glider that had a bungee launch hook, but I don't think I ever used it. Oh, I think okay. I, that's the one I put a servo in the nose and just, just tow it up. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had an ME-163 model. It was a foam model and it mm. was made by a diamond. I think they're still around, but, uh, anyway, it had a speed 400 and eight two thirds a cell battery pack. And uh, I think it was like 30 inch span. So it was, it was mm. meant to be a little rocket, no pun intended. And uh, I had to bungee launch that thing, but I never built a rail system. So I would just hold it by hand and then launch it and go. And that was always hairy. It wanted to go this way and that before it stabilized. But I don't recall ever plowing it into the ground on the launch. I plowed it into the ground while flying a couple of (laughs) times. Never on the launch. That reminds me of a guy years ago had, I think it was a fun jet. And normally those you can hand launch fine, but he had overpowered it so much and put such heavy batteries in it, these were round cell days, that he uh-huh. had to bungee launch it. And when it got in the air, it was obviously that he had a lot of power in it because it, it flew okay, but it was not It was too heavy to hand launch. Uh-huh. But on step, the thing screamed. It was a rocket. Yeah. The good old days. 
Yeah. And that same, I remember now, the first time I crashed that ME163, that was one of the first models that I had done camouflage. And I had tried to do kind of a an accurate paint scheme where they had the angular green on green camouflage. Mm. And I was flying it at uh, some school that had a huge athletic field in the back, but it was bordered by these really tall pine trees. And I just remember flying that thing around. And as soon as I got below the tree line, it, the sucker just disappeared. <laughs> camouflage worked pretty well, huh? It did. It worked excellent. So down it went, but I glued it back together and flew it some more. And it probably flew better. Uh, I was less nervous about it at that point. Yeah. Faux show. I have had a, because uh, you were asking about, you know, launches like that. I've, it's always been on gliders for me, but I have launched a glider with the wrong model memory. <laughs> Actually, I take <laughs> it back. I released it for my friend. It was okay. my glider, and he had the transmitter, and I launched it, and that sucker went, vroom. <laughs> he, he was pulling up, and that sucker was going down. Left a huge hole in the ground, too. <laughs> oh, man. I've launched a glider on a high start with the transmitter turned off. Oh. And it landed. Without Free damage. Oh. Yep. For, just, I was living right or something, but it went up, circled around, and landed. Meanwhile, I'm chasing it like a crazy person the whole time, but I didn't need to. <laughs> It's screaming down, I've got this. <laughs> what scares me about the high starts and the gliders is snapping the wing in half. I've heard horror stories of that happening. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry. I said the transmitter turned off. The receiver was turned off. The transmitter was on. Yeah. You should, yeah. Why can't I turn this off? <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. Nobody's home. I, yeah. I'm sure we've talked about this. If, you, if you're a long-time listener, I'm sure I've mentioned it, but... When I had Orca as a tow plane with the wing saddle connected to it, the glider would sit on top of Orca. And so you'd hold these, you'd hold the glider down with rubber bands that would be released by a servo and the glider would take off. Well, it was a windy day. We took off. I got into a bank and uh, I think it was a Skeeter, a little short two meter Skeeter. Oh, glider. yeah, yeah. And one wing just disappeared. Oh, no. <laughs> it flew one way. The airplane jammed itself into Orca. So I was able to actually come down with the glider uh, still attached. But uh, wow. it, it took us a while to go find that wing. Well, some people might not know what Orca is. Orca is a high wing trainer, 60 size, weighs 50 pounds for sure. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a box of plywood, but it's made by an old uh, plane kit company called Pilot. Weighs 50 and pounds on the moon. <laughs> it was there. You go. It is very heavy. At first, uh, when I first had it, with my my dad bought it for us to tow our gliders up. Uh, never had a chance to to use it with my father, unfortunately. But we had it with a glow engine that I think it was a Fox glow engine. I could never get that thing to run right, so I was dead stick landing all the time. I'm just I just wasn't good with that. I think the best engines I've ever worked with are OS. I think. We, we spoke the same language. <laughs> uh, B, no, not so good. Uh, anyway, uh, K&B you know Japanese? <laughs> they just, they don't like me. Uh, anyway, it's just, it's just a nice kit. And then eventually, and I've worked with uh, Terry on this, I, uh, I rebuilt it because it had been sitting in the garage and electrified it. Runs on 6S, big honking 60 size brushless motor. And now it has a tow hook release behind the trailing edge. And we've uh, towed several gliders with it. We had lots of fun with that thing. And yep. I'm pretty sure, I mean, it was a nice flying airplane. It was heavy. So I think a tornado could have come through and it's not going to alter the flight path of that airplane one bit, which was probably good for us when we were learning how to aero to each other because 
one of the things we eventually learned was that less control is more. Yep. The more the tow pilot jockeys the stick around, the worse things get in a hurry. Yeah, and I, it wasn't very efficient. It was very draggy, and it didn't have, it was a symmetrical airfoil, or mm, semi-symmetrical, right. so it required a lot of power to stay aloft. So we'd probably get two, I'd say two and a half <laughs> launches <laughs> in there before I would bring it down. And by the way, I'll, a little shout out for Sparky. Uh, we took it to best one year, and it was a restoration. It, it'd sit, sit in the, it would excuse me, it had been in the garage for many years and the stock plastic canopy had just degraded and I love it. I just, you know, Sparky saw it and he goes, I can, I can make you a new one. And he said, can I have this? And he, you know, the whole hatch and I gave it to him and, you know, a couple of weeks later he mailed it back to me. Gave uh, me a spare cool. too. Yeah. It's so, never looked so shiny. Park fire plastics for all your vacuum forming needs. But one thing I do remember about Orca is that it was a great landing airplane. Thank you. You greased every landing. <laughs> it does love to flare. It flares so well. And then when you get it, when you get that little, little bit more alpha to it, she just sits there. Yeah. It, it, whatever it was, the height of the wing just in ground effect, it just greased it on every time. Yeah. And you, God, now you've got me like. I When's flew, the last time I'm you a, flew that airplane? I was gonna. I'm gonna go in the, the workshop and apologize to it <laughs> and dust, dust it off, it off. and uh-huh. upgrade the receiver because I'm sure it's DSM. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> you know, give, give it a brand new receiver. Say, let's let's go telemetry. How about it? And uh, yeah, I'll take it out again. And, and honestly, uh, this is a good time because Austin wanted to do uh, bungee launches. Okay. He hasn't done that yet, so we talked about going out to do that. And I also mentioned we haven't done Aerotow. And he's like, well, let's do it. So maybe we'll just take him out. All right. That'll be fun. You still have an easy glider, right? Oh, I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you several go. Several tow planes. Hey, uh, changing topics a little bit to talk to Fitz. Fitz, how creative are you to work with toy helicopters to make them fly with new gear? Toy helicopters? Like toy remote control helicopters? Yeah. You know, the ones you, you know... And what you'd see at like an electronic store, like uh, fries. Those usually have really specific electronics in them. Besides the the top flight Corsair, he found these two toy helicopters. Actually, pretty big. One mm. has uh, contra rotating blades. Yeah. And he has no transmitters for them. I was like, I bet Fitz could figure something well, out. Maybe. I'd have to see it. See how the board's wired up. All right, I'll I'll bring you a little. Brown bag. Oh, <laughs> I'll meet you in the back alley. <laughs> you got the goods. You bring up an interesting thing, and I wasn't planning to talk about this, but are you guys familiar with the Radio Master radios? Radio Master. No. Okay, oh, so sure. it's one of those new radios, and I think it's open source um, programming. Um, their claim to fame is that it has, it is compatible with all of the different receivers including some of the toy-grade stuff that that you buy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yes. I had to look it up for a second. Yes, these are the multi, what do you call them, Um, uh, uh, protocol radios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have a 16-channel one for, like, dirt cheap. Yeah, a hundred and something bucks, and it seems like a decent radio. Um, See, here's one, 170 bucks. I'm at the buddyrc.com. So this one's sold out right now, but the Radio Master TX16S. Um, 
Let's see. And it has Hall Effect gimbals on it. Yeah, which is pretty fancy. That's something. Yeah, that, that part is. And it runs on two 18650 batteries. I'm just trying to see what the protocol thing is here. Um, later. Um, but I remember I looked at it one day and it said it basically binds with anything. And so that, that kept me curious. It'll bind with your cat. Yeah. <laughs> Change channels on your TV. RC cat. Yeah, I thought about me need to get something like that for one of my robot projects. Uh, yeah, so it's sixteen channels. Like, oh yeah, um, but I don't and know I've, if anybody's flown. I have, don't know if anybody personally has ever flown them. Um, I do know somebody. I need to reach out to him. I think he's had his for a month or two to see what he thinks about it. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the trade off is here in terms of quality or reliability or any of that, but. I'm intrigued. I'm at least, you know, mm. interested to to look at it. So, it is anyway. open source, right? Yeah, OpenTX. Yeah, yep. it's open. Yep. Yeah. Well, right. it it is unique, you say, because it's multi-platform. But isn't like is this a a direct competitor with the Tyrannus type systems? Uh, well, Tyrannus is still FR Sky, right? They're not multi-protocol. Well, I, I mean, as far as open source, I mean, those are radios that people can program the daylights out of, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, they were open. Well, I think until the very latest one, yes, they were open TX. Okay, so I found uh, at least a partial list of what it's compatible with. So DSM, DSMX, and then Walkera, and they've got a bunch of helicopters and quads. Um, let's see, FR Sky, Futaba, SFHSS. Tactic? Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Fly Sky. Uh, Fly Sky, something, something. Hubsan, which is another popular toy grade kind of yeah. quadcopter thing. It actually should be Tactic. High Sky, Tactic Saima, Asan, like all these other ones I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, Tactic was, what's the S, uh, crap. It's the one that's on my high techs now. That, that's open source too, so I would SLT. Yeah, SLT. SLT should be Wait, in there. That's not open source. Yeah, it is. is it? Yeah. Really? I did not know that. So I only thought the Tactic SLTs were compatible with the Tactic and then the Hitechs that have SLT. But anyway, so I don't have a need for one of these right now because I have a radio that works with everything I've got. But again, I'm intrigued, and it seems like that opens up possibilities for the kinds of projects you're talking about. I know. I, I am sad to say this or admit it, but I know there are people out there who might be listening, going, "Oh yeah, Radio Masters, that's the old system. We we know all about it. We should have them on." Because oh. I this is the first I've heard, and you can go to their website, RadioMasterRC.com, and I will I will look into these and learn more about this stuff. I'm very happy with my Spectrum DX9, and I will probably upgrade to the NX10 eventually, hopefully soon, maybe to. You know, oh, yeah? Give Austin the DX9. Yeah, I think I'm going to get an NX10. Um, so, but this is very, you know, something I'll look into. Maybe it was a, a, a smaller, cheaper radio just to, you know, experiment with. Maybe like a six-channel one if I got one. I don't know if they do something that small, but just something to play with. Yeah, I don't know. I can browse right here if you want to give me a minute. But um, here's a here's a $100 version. I, I don't know what the differences on these are, but here's it's still the 16 channel, but it's a hundred dollar version. Yeah, it's um, that. So anyway, here's um, an S S E. 
that's hmm. something to think about. And anybody listening, if you've got experience with these radio masters or other multi-protocol things, let me know. And somebody's got them because it looks like most of these are sold out. And I don't think that was the case when I looked a week or two ago. So somebody's got some real hands-on experience using yeah. these things. But it's all the drone guys. Well, I uh, see maybe. the TX16S basic version mode 2 uh, on Amazon for 170 and here's in stock. A, okay, and here's a TX12 for 70 bucks. Yeah, it's like Anyway, the, that's more like it. <laughs> so there's an, S, an SC edition. Um uh, maybe it doesn't there's have some the Hall effect. With, uh, some aluminum bling. Yeah. So, but the most expensive one I see is 260 bucks. Hmm. But again, they're all sold out, so I don't know. And lots and lots of people like the FR Sky stuff. And I don't even know how to say it. I like to say frisky, but FR Sky, I know some people say something else, but. Uh, we ask them. At... Or the Tyrannus stuff. Yeah. But that's also OpenTX, right? And from what I've heard, they're a little bit more difficult to program than typical, but. Well, if I understand, Tyrannus was, but they came out with a recent model that wasn't, I think. I don't know. Um, I need to double check. One of those. Either them. Yeah, I think it was them because then people were jumping over to a company called Juniper. Which Juniper. Had, yeah. Which was. What are we of, even talking about? <laughs> radios. Oh, wow, the stuff I'd never heard of. I thought I was going to trump you guys with this Radio Master thing, but no. There's. Well, I'll, we were talking to other brands, and I will tell you the FlySky transmitter that my neighbor has for his boats. I. Do not like or I dislike with a passion. I do not <laughs> recommend the FlySky FS i6. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah? it's a horror. It is just an it's an annoying transmitter. <laughs> it's, it's, it is. Is it, that it on the box? Now with extra <laughs> annoyance. It is, and that'll be another episode. But we'll just say I thumbs down by Lee Ray on the FlySky FS i6. <laughs> Sorry, do not okay. wasn't Juniper's jumper? Excuse me, jumper. Oh jumper. yeah, okay. Is yeah. that another multi-protocol thing? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. So it's another competitor. Yeah, and I think the reason I haven't delved into this, there's several reasons. One, I already have more radios than I need. Yeah. And they are all across the brand, the typical hobby brands. I've got, like I said, the high-tech. I've got a couple Spectrums. I've got a couple Futabas. I'm happy with them. They work. I've got a bucket full of receivers that work with all of them. So I don't really need another system. But also, you know, you guys know I like to experiment with different airplane designs and I like to tinker with stuff. But when it comes to my radio, I want to turn it on and I want it to work. I don't want to fiddle around with it. If I have to program it, I want to go to a menu that says this and I program it. I just, that's one of the things that I want to be intuitive and idiot proof. And from my understanding of these OpenTX things, there's uh, there's some figuring out involved. Yeah, a lot of them, the user interface is not quite as intuitive. It's a little more name brand stuff. So I've seen yeah. that in some of the... I know quite a few people that run the at least the, the, the Tenaris stuff. And, the uh, and they are Tyrannus? Tyrannus, yeah. And it, they seem to be reading very nice radios, but you, know, you look at the programming screen, it's like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure there's a big user base out there now that can help you, and I'm sure there's tons of videos. Oh, sure, yeah. So, um, but I remember that's why I got rid of my Gropner radio, because I had one of the nice Gropner, whatever they are, the 24-channel things with mm. the color touchscreen and all that. But I had one of the first ones, or when they were first coming to the U.S., 
and the manual wasn't that great and there was just no support for it and I couldn't figure out how to program some stuff so I'm like eh, you know what I don't need this so I don't have the Grepner anymore but here we are a few years later and it's probably a different story I want my transmitter to turn on and boot up within two seconds. I don't need it to tell me to wait or show me pretty pictures <laughs> or, or well, show me a status bar. Yeah. I want mine to say, let's go. <laughs> I was going to say, don't get an IX anything. But if you have the IX in sleep mode, it comes to right away. But when you're booting it from being powered off, it takes a couple minutes because it's got the whole Android system behind it. I've I've had too many friends have issues with the IX, so that's oh, not really? going to be not going to be the direction I go to. Oh, Wally, Wally hates the IX with a passion. I think he'd be oh. one of those guys who'd take a steamroller out and go over it a couple of times. Okay, I I like mine. Good, yeah, you know, I like my DX9. Yeah, the, so. the twelve apparently is, is, has a um, rather um, controversial opinion. Although I heard a twenty is is quite a bit better, but. Uh, yeah. In terms of what? Just signal reliability uh, or yeah, features? It, it, some speed issues, boot issues, and lockup issues, some, um, hmm. something else. A battery usage? I, I think they had to. Well, I think, I think Wally's was the iX20 now that I think about it. Oh, was it? In yeah. any case, he was not happy with the iX series. So, but moving on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways. All right. So I think, again, if anybody out there has experience with these other brands of radios i'd like to hear your experience and what you think and what uh, the programming process is like is it easy or do you have to open up a, a manual or watch five videos <laughs> and i'll be honest because i have so many different brands of radios i don't really specialize in any so more often than not i actually have to do some research to do any off nominal programming on any of mine yeah it's definitely been a learning curve you know i've I'd flown high tech for a long time, and that the uh, it was actually really intuitive. I almost never had to look at the manual to do any programming on it, even for odd mixing stuff. I could just usually uh, figure it out just by poking through the menus and stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I literally wrote the manual for the high tech. Um, what is it? Aurora? Flash eight. Oh, flash. <laughs> no, the flash eight. Not figuratively. Yeah. I, I literally wrote. The I, I literally wrote their user manual. And uh, I went to use it the other day. I'm like, crap, how do you do this? And I had to go look it up. So. <laughs> and you wrote the book. Yeah. Uh, so, Mine's the Aurora, which has a touchscreen. So, but that one's kind of being phased out. So I've been mainly using the, uh, the DX8 G2. And so that's been a learning experience, relearning how to do certain things. Now I'm pretty good with it. But at first it was a little bit of a, it's like, how do I do this? Oh, I got to go to this menu. I go yeah. here. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, but I I still appreciate computer radios. Oh yeah, I, I don't oh, miss yeah. the single model stuff at all. Remember, you had to put pieces of tape on the trims so you for different models. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh yeah. So I remember reading an article um, where a guy built his airplane and put all the servos in it but then rather than plugging them all directly into the receiver he got like a, a printer plug like what are those db25s or something oh, yeah. yeah and he wired them all to that connector and then he wired a connector out of the receiver to that so he could move his 72 megahertz receiver from airplane to airplane so they yeah. he wouldn't have to buy multiple receivers yeah. that's not a bad idea 
<laughs> I guess. But can you imagine that now? <laughs> well, that was back when all servos and receivers were expensive, so. Yep, and again, you didn't have multiple model memory anyway, yeah. so. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it, was just, it was just running that darn antenna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long my as dad. Was. My dad eventually tried, and I, I don't know if it degraded it or not. And he did it on a couple of gliders, but he actually, you know, put a pin, uh, a jumper connector, a connector, excuse me, on his seventy-two megahertz antennas, so he could leave them in the gli- uh, in the the long extension in the plane, yeah. and then remove the the receivers. Okay. I Do think get... I tried a loaded antenna. I was just gonna say, you remember that they were made by Azar? I think the guy's name was. Okay. I think Dean's made some as well. Uh, yeah, they did. did. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I had I, I used them in my little micro helis at the time when I was flying because yeah. they were, you know, uh, I think they worked okay. Yeah, I don't remember crashing uh, because of it. They had a version for RC cars too. I remember putting one in an RC car. Yeah. Yeah. In seventy two, seventy five megahertz. Yep. Mm, we're getting nostalgic more. again. Yeah, this is the uh, nostalgic uh, episode of our RC Roundtable. We talk about old <laughs> things, and people probably people saying, "What the heck are you talking about?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Anyway, so are we ready to wrap this up? We got anything else we need to? Um, Memory lane. Well, this might be the last show before your boat event, right? Do we need to? Give a reminder on that. I don't know. Is this going to be out before the boat event? When's the boat event? This weekend, Saturday. Um, today's Monday. <laughs> if you're listening to the episode before March 20th, I am having another boat event on March 20th, Saturday morning uh, at Clear Lake. Check our web page or not web page, um, Facebook page. Is it anywhere else? I'm sorry. If you don't do Facebook, sorry, but it's on our Facebook page. Uh, a flyer. Uh, it tells you exactly where it is. It's at the Samuel Rodriguez Park in Clear Lake, Texas, just south of Houston. It's uh, totally free. Just come on out and float your boat. If you don't have a boat, we can find one for you. Uh, it's a really nice little, uh, uh, what do you call it, park with a small little pond in there. We It's a mixed crowd, so we fly, not fly, we float <laughs> sailboats, powerboats, whatever. Just nothing glow-powered or gas-powered. Uh, but under that, come on out. I've already talked to a few people that are coming out. Looking forward to it. Uh, the weekend weather looks pretty good, if a little calm so far. I looked at the weather today, and uh, it looks it looks good. Well, it's still early, but uh, if you bring a sailboat, bring one with a lot of big sails. Bring a fan, too. Bring a fan, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's good, because we usually get a lot of other neat stuff that if it's too windy, people won't, you know, put out their river boats or whatever so and that's a neat thing we get to see really all it's a very mixed crowd uh, what do you call it eclectic motley crew what do you want to say just all kinds of neat stuff you never know what shows up usually it's different one guy said he might bring his steamboat i talked to uh, like actual oh, yeah. steam like actual steam powered yeah nice he had dug it out and he said he'd been working on it restoring it and getting it back up and running so uh, Half scale, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just going to back it up into the pond? Yeah. <laughs> you have to go cut down a tree, though. Yeah. You know, I was thinking it'd be neat to have a little steam power boat. I'd like to find a little steam engine. Stick it oh, in they make them? Yeah. They yeah. probably sell plans for them. Do you have a lathe? Uh, I have access to a lathe, actually. Yeah, there you go. Is somebody who can form a rudimentary lathe? So, yeah, they had a multi-cylinder ones and stuff, so I thought it'd be cool to have a steam power boat just to putt-putt around. 
River Queen or yep. something. Uh, so I've got, um, oh, I got a new sailboat, Lee, and I'm going to take out. Not new, well, it's new to me, it's old, but I got it from somebody, and it's, uh, we'll see how that works. Is that a Kyosho? <laughs> no, no, it's something I never heard of before, but it's it's probably the biggest one I have. Hmm. Yeah, right. It's pretty big. Hopefully it'll fit in a car. It's just got a long, tall sail, but it's not terribly big, but still. Uh, but it has an actual winch in it instead of a... Um, a servo with a long arm. It's got actual. They prefer to be called barmaids. Oh, okay. Not wench. Winch. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. And they probably don't like the term barmaids. Any more than that. <laughs> Anyways, so I think Lee said you, there's a good chance you're going to make it. I hope so. Austin wants to go fly Saturday, so maybe we can. Find another place to fly near you after the boating event. That's flying in the afternoon. Yeah, so do lunch at that little place at the corner, and then we go, was it Texas City? Is that where you go? Um, Either Texas City or Alvin. So maybe we can make a plan to go flying afterwards. Yeah, that's that's, that's not a bad idea. I'll stick a plane in the car. Yeah. Have you ever done a live show from the boating event? I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. No. Well, that might be fun to do. I've been I've been too busy rescuing boats. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, well, Lee, remind me to do a live show, and I'll do that. So well, is that FPV active yeah. and ready? Not yet, but I've, you know, it wouldn't take long. I've already tested the equipment, so I just need to nice. mount it. All right. So first person rescues, Saturday. There you go. Do you have a way to record your feed? I'm, I'm going to push Fitz in and just pull the boat right <laughs> up to his face. <laughs> well, it's about knee deep, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, one time that guy, he went in getting his boat and it went over his head, didn't it? Oh, man. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was. I didn't realize it was that deep until he went out, waded out, and then suddenly he's treading water and going under under <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> like, whoa. Isn't the first rule of RC boating that you don't swim after your boat? It, it was a big boat. Yeah, it was sinking. It was a really nice boat. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and and we laughed and laughed. <laughs> and he dried. Um, he dried. <laughs> if I remember, I'll bring my monitor, and we can always set up a camera in front of the monitor um, to record. Oh, my monitor has a, a SD card slot, and it'll record the feed. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like think, probably three sixty by two forty, but it records it. Austin's Austin's uh, headset has the recording option. Mine does not. Oh, so okay. if I just tell him to bring his, we can do that. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And what do you transmit at? What uh, resolution? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Never mind. I'm interested to see. I think it's a really cool setup. It's color. It's color <laughs> and it moves. It's pictures. I'll I'll Be send happy. you this. Yes, it's moving pictures. I I can see. Static and high def. <laughs> yeah high definition static well there we go all right well anyways if you were in the south houston area or in the houston area in general come on out we'd love to see you um if you can't find information send us an email uh contact rcroundtable.com and i'll send you a flyer or something yeah and if you don't get on facebook to follow us um and you're a listener let us know where you'd like to receive more data or like uh, interact with us we probably need to work on getting our website updated so we could like have a blog or something and be more interactive with users if they'd prefer to do that versus oh, yeah. Facebook. But um, our Instagram, we still have an Instagram page and we, oh, yeah. we post stuff from the time to time. But if you, um, if you follow Instagram, it's at RC Roundtable, I'm pretty sure. So look for us there or just do a search for RC Roundtable. 
And if we make posts, you can chat with us there. But yeah, Fitz, if we do the live show on Saturday, I will, <laughs> we we did this before and it was, what we got the Monty, uh, let's make a deal microphone. <laughs> Monty <laughs> Hall. Yeah, we had a little stick with the uh, with the lapel mic and it worked yeah. actually pretty well. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do that setup again. I've got a, that little gyro, uh, you know, iPhone stabilizer. Stabilize camera. <laughs> so we can do our little show. Yeah. But yeah. All right, I look forward to it. Well, good oak. I think that's a wrap, Fitz. All right. Well, I think we um, covered a lot of good stuff today. Yeah, we had, uh, well, we had a hell of a show. Hell of a show. <laughs> yes, the that best is not ever. for us to decide. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, the show wouldn't be a show without you, our listener. So thank you very much for being a listener, all two of you. And uh, Tell your other friend. Tell your other friends. friend. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, push it to four. What was that? Shampoo commercials? And they tell two friends. And they tell two and friends. So there you go. Yeah. That's how I think. That's how I left. Let's get to five. <laughs> five, five oh, five, stop five. it. No, I think uh, just for, I think we mentioned this, but we had over 2,000 downloads of our last episode. Wow. Those bots are working overtime, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's working. Yeah. <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate all of you who. Take the time to tune in and listen. Yep, indubitably. Yeah, and you and the the follow up we've had on Terry's PT nineteen, and obviously those who are writing fits about the uh, half A engine article, that's great. So do correspond with us, and if you have questions, uh, we had a listener email that we talked about one time. So if you have something you'd like us to jump on, or you have some uh, feedback on something we've talked about, please communicate. Contact at rcroundtable.com is our email, or Join us on one of our social media platforms. That's right. Aviate, navigate, communicate. <laughs> and extricate. And extricate. <laughs> yeah, that's just when navigate doesn't go too well. And chocolate cake. Chocolate. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. On that note, I want to go find some cake. <laughs> cake. Mm, cake. Oh, good. Ice cream. Yeah. All right. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Cheerio. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.